Today, I'm sitting down with Susan Niebergall, who is a personal trainer and strength coach. Not only that, but she's also 60 years old and living proof that anything is possible at any age. She has a passion for helping people, specifically with helping people attain their fitness goals and loves empowering people in the gym and in their life, especially middle-aged women. In this episode, we talk about why age is not a limiting factor and what you can do to make sure you reach your goals even as you're going through menopause, even as you are getting older. Susan shares with us her own experience dealing with menopause and what she thought was holding her back. But in reality, the only thing holding her back was herself. And so she had to get brutally honest with what she was doing in terms of her fitness, her nutrition, her sleep, her drinking water, her recovery, and all of those things that we so often talk about. In this episode, we also talk about her relationship with the scale and how that has changed through the years, how she came to be partners with Jordan Syed and her an assistant coach in their inner circle, why rest days are so important, especially as we are getting older, and what exercises do we need to be doing as we get older. And spoiler alert, you guys, you don't need to be doing anything different. <laughs> Squats, lunges, and deadlifts, they all still work no matter what you are doing. You might need to change um, the way you're carrying that load, but at the end of the day, the big lifts are still going to get the job done. Also, why is it okay to have physique goals and how training in the gym actually helped her feel better through menopause? So you're gonna get something out of this no matter how old you are because the take-home message is extreme ownership. I've got links to how you can connect with Susan in the show notes, whether it's on her website, on her Instagram, her own podcast, and of course, her book, Fit at Any Age, It's Never Too Late. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I am very excited today because we are sitting down with Susan Niebergall. She has just written a book. She is a trainer. She is a nutrition coach. And I have, I'm having her on today so she can tell us about her journey because one interesting thing about her, I feel, is her age. So Susan, can you tell us about yourself, including how old you are um, and what it is that you do? Sure. Um, thank you for having me, by the way. This is yes. wonderful to do this and to see you. Yes. Um, so I'm Susan. I am 60 years old and I am owner of Susan Niebergall Fitness and co-coach in Syatt Fitness Inner Circle with Jordan Syatt. And um, I am a retired educator. I was a band director and school counselor for 33 years. Uh, retired about five years ago and then started the business shortly after that. Um, I am just the typical person that did all the things back in the eighties and nineties. Um, I did Jenny Craig. I did slim fast. I did those little chocolate squares. Somebody told me the name the other day. I can't, their aids or something like there was something like that. I don't remember, but I did all of that stuff. And I just yo-yo dieted for probably three decades. Right. Um, I was never obese. So I want to make that really clear. I was never like, I didn't have a hundred pounds to lose ever. I was not like that, but I was always chubby, right. As a kid, 
um, and, and then on and off in adulthood, like I would lose weight and I would look what I thought pretty good. Right. And then I wouldn't be able to keep it off. Cause I didn't know how I lost it in the first place. So I, I, I just didn't know. So I kept doing things that I thought were the right thing to do. And through all those decades, I worked with a bunch of trainers at my gym, um, grew to love lifting. Um, they all taught me a lot and I'm appreciative to all of them actually, but I never could put together the nutrition and the training to really see the results that I wanted to see. And that was the frustrating part. And mm -hmm. that just kept going, that wheel kept spinning till six years ago. And it wasn't until I hired Jordan as my one-on-one -on -one coach mm -hmm. at that time, I wanted to power lift, I thought, and um, I hired him and I didn't hire him for nutrition coaching, but I was a member of his inner circle. I was on his email list. So I, I read everything he wrote, watched all of his videos, did all that and started putting things into practice little bit by little bit by little bit. And um, with his help and guidance completely changed everything uh, in my fifties. And, and the thing that I found out from all of that was this is doable for anybody. Yeah. It's not just me. I'm not like this gifted, whatever. I yeah. have obesity on one side of the family, heart disease. I've got it all pointing right at me. So it's not like I have an advantage. I don't. Mm -hmm. I just, what I did is stop making excuses after my doctor finally told me, you know, your blood works fine, Susan, your thyroid's fine. All that's fine. Because that's what I thought was wrong. I truly thought menopause was kicking my ass. It was, but I thought that was the big reason why I wasn't making any progress. Yeah. And so I was ready for the thyroid medication. You know, I was ready for the doctor to say, Hey, your thyroid's low. Here's your medication. You're going to be good to go. Mm -hmm. And that scenario never happened. <laughs> she told me my blood work was fine and that I was basically eating too much. And, you know, from somebody who thought they were doing everything right. Yep. Hear that was like, it should have been the best news I could have heard. Right. If you think yep. about it, that's great news. That means I'm in control. Mm -hmm. But I took it the other way. Like I was devastated because I had to really look inside myself at that point and, and own up to stuff that I wasn't doing, that I was tricking myself into thinking that I actually was consistent. I actually was eating the right things. I actually was doing what I needed to do when I wasn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so once all that sunk in, I hired Jordan, I started making changes. The world changed. My whole life changed, not only physically, Right. But I built a business because of it. I truly believe that the confidence I gained from all of the physical stuff mm -hmm. and lifting heavy weight and all of that in my fifties trans just translated over into, I built a business after I retired from teaching for 33 years. You know, I mean, that's crazy because I'm it's not a business. Amazing. I don't know anything about business. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. Full-time coach in the inner circle, loving that. Um, we love our community, um, have, have a small little clientele of one-on-one -on -one clients and um, wrote a book hope, in hopes that all the mistakes I made, showing all these mistakes, these common mistakes that I made mm -hmm. all, all along the way, just showing people that, you know, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make, how often you fail, how long it takes, you can change it. And that was the purpose of writing the book is to give people hope and to hopefully light a fire under people, middle-aged people, especially saying, you can do this. You just have to roll up your sleeves and dive in and do it. Absolutely. You know, I want to talk about that. You know, you were excited. Oh, she'll give me my thyroid meds and then everything will be hunky-dory. I've had a lot of hormone experts on because I do think that people need to talk about it and be aware of it. But even they say, you know, we cannot use our hormones as a scapegoat. Before you do anything with your hormones, you have to dial in your lifestyle factors. Yep. And yep. that's exactly what you did. Yeah. 
And you know, you're right. And, and I think we're so quick to blame menopause and the related physiological things that happen to us for everything. Mm -hmm. My metabolism says slow down. You know, we all hear that as we get older, it slows. Well, yeah, it slows, but not as much as we think. And it slows for different reasons, you know, because over the span of 30, 40 years, we, we've become less active, you know, mm -hmm. without knowing it's not like for a month, we became less active. It's for decades. Right. You know, we, we get married, we have kids. Our life is not our own anymore. We're mm -hmm. getting dinners at the drive-thru, taking our kids to practice. We're, we're run, you know, flying by the seat of our pants more often than not, especially when you have a kid, right? Yeah. I mean, everything changes. And so we're just not, we're, we're just not aware as, as we used to be, we may go work out, but we're not really dialing in the nutrition. You know, it's, it's a perfect storm mm -hmm. of issues all coming together when perimenopause hits, menopause hits, all of that, you know, and that's what's happening and we can control it all. That's the cool part about it, right? We, we are still in control. I mean, we feel like we're not. I mean, I was that person that walked into my bathroom one day and looked at my belly. And I'm like, what the hell? What happened? Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was that person too. So I, I, I guess the message is, yes, things change. Of course, of course, things change, but you're still in control. And that's yep. the great news. That's the absolute greatest news ever. Right. So hey, you've done the Jenny Craig, you've done the Slim Fast, you've done the chocolate squares. I want to know, like when you were doing this, were you like a cardio bunny? Were you going to step classes or were you strength training back then as well? So I, I started exercising, gosh, way back in the 80s, mid, late 80s, something like that. Um, and my first real recollection of exercise was jazzercise. Like I yeah. did jazzercise. Holy shit. I did jazzercise. I, I wrote about this in the book and not a lot. Cause I really couldn't remember much about it, except that I didn't like it. Oh. I felt uncomfortable. I remember the setting we were in and I remember trying it and was hoping, you know, no, it wasn't for me. I joined a gym and started in aerobics classes, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of step classes with weights at the end, you know, those kinds of in high impact aerobics classes. And I read that, that got me in the door yeah. and that the community from the classes, especially this one instructor, I'll never forget her. Her name was Ko and she was wonderful. I was so motivated in her classes mm -hmm. and a bunch of us were regulars. And so that sense of community kept me going back. Yes. Um, so that's kind of where it started, but right over there in the distance was the free weight section that I would stare at and watch people working out. And I started, uh, I hired a trainer and, and awesome. um, worked out there. I tried going over there on my own, had a disastrous time of that. So hired a trainer and that's kind of where the strength training started, the love of training. He mm -hmm. took me through my pregnancy actually in the nineties. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, I worked with trainers on and off for years after that. And just, that's where the love of lifting came. And I built some strength. Absolutely. I built strength. Um, I don't think nutrition was as big of a deal. Like the trainers never really talked about that. It was like, you had your appointment, right. they kicked your butt and you waited to the next time they kicked your butt kind of, you know, that's kind of how the cycle was. Mm -hmm. I had one trainer along the way that had some nutrition information for me, um, which was really sound at the time, very kind of general, but it, it helped me for sure. Um, but other than that, I could never really put the pieces all the pieces together, you know, mm -hmm. but the training piece definitely started with classes like it does for a lot of people mm -hmm. um, and bled on over into the weight room. And I tried doing the weight room 
on my own thinking I knew what I was doing and I didn't. Yeah. And I almost stopped after that, um, after an encounter with somebody. And I wrote about that in the book and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I hired a trainer. And that's why I tell everybody, if you're new to lifting, the best thing you can do is in, hire a trainer just for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. So you learn your way around the gym, you learn basic form, technique, safety, all that kind of stuff. And they can create routines for you that you can then go do on your own. The yeah. reason most people don't like to go into the gym is they don't know what to do, right? I didn't. Yep. And then they get embarrassed. I think everybody's yep. staring at them and, and, and all that. And um, yeah, hiring a trainer was the best thing I ever did, really. I agree. You know, I always joke with my trainer, like if you're going to spend $2,000 on a Peloton, take that money instead, get however many sessions you can with the trainer with that money, because then you're going to be empowered to do something that's actually going to work for you in the long run. And I always think there will be a place for that in-person personal training. You and I do online stuff, but there will always be a place for in-person person training, personal training for that very reason alone. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, you know, the, the gym I work out at has, has trainers there. Um, I actually, one of my first training jobs was with a personal training company. Mm. They, they trained out of a small gym in an office building. And then I also, um, with this company went to people's houses oh, as good. a trainer. So yeah. there's all kinds of in-person options out yes. there. It, it's so, it's the best way to start if you don't know where to start. I agree. So let's, we talked about training. We know what you did before with nutrition. So now what's your methodology? Are you a macro person? I know you're not a clean eater. <laughs> oh God, not anymore. I did that. <laughs> Already did that. Right. <laughs> so what's your nutrition philosophy? How do you navigate your nutrition? How do you coach people? So, um, in, in the inner circle and with my clients, I like to have people um, track calories and protein. That's it. Awesome. Mo mo most people want to lose fat, right? At, right. At and you know, I, sh I should say most people want to lose fat and get some muscle at the same time. And we have to navigate that piece too. But um, fat loss, you don't have to track every macro. When somebody says, well, I have 40% of carbohydrates and 30%, I'm like, ah, stop. Right. <laughs> because percentages make my head explode. I don't know how anyone can deal with that. I'm just not a math girl. I mm -hmm. would rather say aim for this number of calories and aim for this number of grams of protein and mm -hmm. protein really is the one macro. I think everyone should keep track of just because in fat loss, it's such a big player, you mm -hmm. know, as you're losing fat, you don't want to lose muscle and you will, if you don't have adequate protein on board. And I think that's why protein is the one that you do need to prioritize. So if you, if you want to get all aim for like, I don't know, whatever your protein goal is, let, let's say it's 120 grams of protein. You get your 120 grams of protein and you figure out how many calories that is, whatever calories are left, make them whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter as long as you, everything fits under that umbrella, your, mm -hmm. your calorie umbrella. And that's how you can keep this simple. And mm -hmm. when I talk to people, they're amazed that it can be that simple right? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be these complicated math equations and it, people make it way more complicated than it has to be. Now, mm -hmm. if you're an athlete right. or a figure competitor or something high level, whatever, blah, blah, then you might want to take more time into the macro category. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think if you're, if you're not feeling well, if, if, 
you feel like hormones are out of whack, you could look at the fats a little bit more. I mean, you could take an individual situation and tailor it, but basically people that want to lose weight, let's keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Calorie target, protein target, let the rest fall into place under your calorie target and you're good to go. And that's how I coach people. That's what we do in the inner circle. Mm -hmm. I feel like people have great success with that. For me personally, that's how I did it when I was tracking, but I will be honest, I haven't tracked in years. I love that. In years. I've been in um, maintenance for years and I did a stint of six months in a muscle building phase. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't track there either because here's the thing. If you know your maintenance, if you know how you can eat to hover around those same one to three pounds-ish Mm-hmm. Um, you just eat a little more than that a couple of days a week and you're going to be in a surplus. Yeah. Boom. There you go. That's what I did for six months and it worked like a charm, you know, but it only worked because I have had experience right? and I understand right. um, it wouldn't have worked if I just, just decided just to try it and wing it. Right. Absolutely. You but have that's to how I do it now. Uh, I want to talk about two things that you just said. So first off, it doesn't have to be so hard. And I think everyone needs to understand this with this whole process, it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah. You do what Susan just said with your macros, with your calories, your workouts don't need to be a BOSU doing a squat on a BOSU while doing a squat to a curl to an overhead press, Yeah, like basics work. And if you're doing too much crazy stuff, it's going to backfire against hundred percent. There's too many crazy little exercises, you know, they all look flashy or whatever or cool. Um, but no, no, you're, you know, if, if you're doing one of these standing on a BOSU, you're trying to balance and you're doing, you know, a lunge to a bicep curl or something crazy like that. You're not going to get as much out of your lunge and you're definitely not going to get as much as your bicep curl. So why don't you separate those two and just try to get solid at lunges and load those and solid at bicep curls and load those. Absolutely. I mean, it's like multitasking. I am not a believer in multitasking. Uh, so definitely multitasking does not work with training. hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, and then also what I love is talking about maintenance because so many people aren't even aware that's an option. Like you're either losing weight or you're gaining yeah. weight. Mm-hmm. No, this is sweet freedom. And I already told Susan, freedom is one of my favorite words. Like I love freedom. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about your journey to maintenance. Did you have to reverse diet? Not, I mean, I, not really. I mean, cool. well, I guess, te- I mean, technically I did. Okay. Um, and and uh, I didn't like track. Oh, I have you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I just kind of let loose of the reins a little bit and ended up just hanging out. I didn't own a scale by the way, until two years ago. So I couldn't have, t- I didn't weigh myself. I didn't do any of that because I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and Jordan pushed me to get a scale a couple of years ago, which I do, which I use religiously now because it's fascinating to watch this mm-hmm. happen. And, and my weight graph, my, I'm showing my son the other day, my yeah. weight graph is very flat. I mean, I have little bobs and weaves here and there, but I don't have the big ones really. Um, I had a little bit of a whoosh today. It was interesting. And this is really timely because over the last six days, my weight has gone up every single day. Mm-hmm. Little bit, I haven't changed anything. I'm eating the same stuff I've eaten. You know, I mean, nothing crazy. Um, and I still have that little kick in the gut, like, oh shit, you know, but what I haven't done is allow that emotion to now tell me, okay, Susan, you need to reduce your calories because you, you've gotten out of control. I haven't gotten out of control. Yeah. I know I could see my belly's been bloated for five days. I have no idea why. 
Um, my husband is the cook. He tends to cook with a little bit more sodium based seasonings. I, I retain like nobody's business. So wait it out, wait it out. And I did. And boom, here's the woosh. So <laughs> my, 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 my profile is, is, is basically kind of a flat, a little heart rate monitor, not the big one, just a right. little one. That's how you can see maintenance. Right. Yeah. But I feel like, um, I've just been hanging out here now. Um, I still weigh myself every day just so I can see what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of predict when, when the whoosh or the spike will come. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a fun game now, but it, it, it is one of those things that I had to go through tracking. I mm -hmm. had to go through weighing and mm -hmm. things like that. So I understood because I had no concept before my mm -hmm. concept before was it's healthy. It's okay. Quantity was not the issue. It was, yeah. it was the quality of the food was so good. It didn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I had to get a hold of. Wow. It's so fascinating, but it's so great to, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you were not in maintenance, if you didn't have that freedom, that brain space, it would have been harder to like grow your business. I think sometimes you use that when you need it, but then when you, you know, you're taught what you need to learn from that lesson, you can then put that same um, work ethic into something else and focus on something else. And your energy goes there. hundred percent. If I was so focused on, oh my God, I'm gaining weight or, oh my God, I need to lose whatever, you know? Yeah. I think if I was stressed about that, um, absolutely. And mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting in the inner circle, we call maintenance momentum. Oh my God. Because we truly feel like the word maintenance implies stagnation. It means that you're not doing anything. And people have a hard time with that because they're like, now what's my goal? Right. <laughs> and, we, and we truly believe that momentum is maybe it's a break. Maybe you just need to sit in momentum for a couple of weeks, whatever, just to give your brain a dieting break, right? The mindset break of being in a deficit. Um, especially if you're struggling, if you feel like nothing's working anymore, it's time for a break, go yeah. into momentum because what that's going to do more calories on board. Workouts are probably going to be better. Sleep's going to be better. Energy levels are better. You're going to, your brain's going to light up a little bit more and that's getting you ready. Mm -hmm. It's getting you ready for whatever you chose to do next. And that may be going back to a deficit. Maybe it's going into a surplus, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe it's, I want to hang out here for longer because I'm feeling so good. Yes. I think that's something I've been really trying to drive home with my clients it feels so good to not be on a diet mm -hmm. and it's, it's hard to sell that mm -hmm. until you experience it. But I promise you living in momentum, I'm going to take that living it's in momentum is so freeing mm -hmm. it, on so many levels. You feel so strong in your workouts. You feel so clear in your thinking. I feel like you feel more fulfilled in your life because yeah. you're not, not that dieting is deprivation, but you're cutting back. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so it, wonderful. And it, and it's, um, I do get though, the people in my age bracket that are fearful of that because oh. the scale is going to go up a little bit because you are putting more calories in your body, but we got to understand what those calories are and what they're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you're going on a feeding frenzy now every day. That's not mm -hmm. what maintenance or momentum is. It's strategically adding calories back in. The scale is going to go up a little bit but that's, you don't gain fat by adding a little bit of calories back, right? We think we do because right. when we see, and it goes from, from what you and I were talking about before we came on about old school thinking of if the scale goes up, that's bad. Mm -hmm. If it goes down, it's good. And there's nothing in between. 
We don't mm-hmm. talk about fluctuations. I mean, back in my day, we, we I didn't know what that was. Right. right. And so if you're, if you're thinking it goes up, that's bad, goes down, it's good. Yeah. That is going to freak you out, but you have to understand the scale doesn't measure just fat. It measures all kinds of things about us, right? Our bones, our, you know, our water, our muscle, our, our, you know, every skin, ligaments, tendons, everything it weighs, not just fat, but we always go to fat first, right? Oh my God, the scale's up. I'm gaining weight. Well, maybe you ate a lot of sodium-based foods last night and maybe you're holding on to some water. Yeah, you are going to have weigh a little bit more, but it's water. You know, if you, if I were to sit and drink a glass of water right now and step on a scale, I'm going to weigh more than I did this morning, mm-hmm. right? Because I just drank eight ounces of water. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one will freak out about that because they see you drinking the water, but it's the same principle. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to, to what we were talking about before I hit record, you know, Susan and I are working with a population that I would argue is the hardest population to work with because of the years of programming that has been done to us. And I'm just going to lump myself into you because Mm -hmm. it's not like it got me better 10 years later. Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you are between 40 and 60, give yourself some grace because you've been sold a bill of goods. That is no good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, regarding the scale. And I also think regarding food, I mean, I think good food versus bad food. That's how it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Some foods are good for you. And, and I I just remember, yes, you can have a little bit of that, that that'll be okay. You know, it, that mentality, that's another one that's hard to kind of get rid of completely. And, and as we were talking, I'm like, I don't think we will ever get rid of that entirely. You know, I I think it's okay to not feel okay. If we see the scale go up, no one likes that. Who likes that? Even if it's, even if logically we know why Mm -hmm. we still don't like that. We're human beings. That Mm -hmm. part's okay, but it's not okay when we let that emotion drive what we do next. That's absolutely not okay. And that's where so many people get hung up. They let their emotions take over and now their emotions are driving the car and that's a real dangerous place to go. Right. I I just feel like that is where you're going to constantly spin your wheels. Yes. And that right there. So we know why you need a trainer so you can learn the ropes. You need a coach to take the emotion out of it for you. Yeah. That's what we can do. We can look at your scenario with no emotional attachments. It's really hard to make good decisions for yourself when you're spiraling, yeah, hire yeah. a professional to help you or listen. And that's the other thing. There's so many people now. I feel I feel like there's a shift in coaches, and maybe I'm just surrounding myself with these people. But people like yourself, Jordan, Kim Schlag, Marcy Nevin, me, like giving out the good information. You can find the good information out there for free. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all put it out there. We Mm -hmm. all are putting it out there and, um, we'll continue to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I've had, you know, I've had people hop on the phone with me for a consult for coaching. And and we were talking about this too, that sometimes they think that they're in need of a coach and, and I walk them through questions about how they envision this working, right. Especially if they've never had a coach before. And um, it's really interesting to get their perspectives. And, and, and what I come to the conclusion with many of them is you, you don't need a coach holding your hand that you, you don't need that. You need just consistently apply some information, right? 
I mean, that's all, that's what it is for a lot of people. Some people want to coach just because they want maybe access to content or they want to be in my group or your group or whatever, um, because of that. And that's great. But a lot of people just need, instead of finding the magic bullet of a coach, because I think once I hire a coach, um, everything changes. You still uh-huh. gotta do the work. <laughs> you I actually to, made a post about that. Yeah, right? yes. You know, it, it it doesn't change. You have to put in the work. Um, and if people would focus more on their effort and mm-hmm. less on the outcome, I think the outcomes will come when your effort gets to where it needs to be. And and that's where the focus needs to be for everybody, I think, mm-hmm. is focusing on. What am I hitting my numbers? How often is Mm -hmm. it? Am I consistent? Am I weighing my food consistently? Am I tracking everything that I'm putting in my mouth consistently? Or am I letting the weekends get a little loosey goosey? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think that kind of focus is what will change the outcomes. Just absolutely. You know, that goes right back to what you were saying in the beginning of ownership. Yeah. There's no surprises why things are happening. You have to be willing to take your blinders off and say, you know what? I did finish my son's mac and cheese. You know what? I did whatever. I wasn't consistent on the weekends. And if you can dial that in, mm-hmm. voila, that's where the change happens. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure you, you've seen this too. I, I talk to people all the time where their heels get dug in, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing everything. And, and on the surface, if you were to read it, yeah, it sounds like I am doing this and this and this and that, you know, all these things, but they haven't lost anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've, I challenge those people to give themselves even a few weeks of being 100% on you control every single thing that goes in your mouth um, Mm -hmm. and you weigh it, you record it, you track it. And and this is unrealistic to keep this 100% up for a long haul. That's why it's a short little short term. You can't go out to eat. You can't do any of that because you have no control over that. It's got to be, you're in control. You do this Uber focus, Mm -hmm. Uber focus for a couple of weeks, you're going to start finding exactly where these little bits and pieces, um, you know, are not quite fitting. And, and to throw this out there too, that's extreme. That is not something that's realistic to do, but it's a way to find where the loopholes are. Right. And, and it's also, you know, there, there are also people out there that have some issues. Maybe you do need to go get your blood work checked. Maybe there are things at play that you need to have checked. There's extremes in individual scenarios for everything. So everyone out there, don't freak out on me. I know some of you have an issue. Right. <laughs> no. Right. And some of you, I know you can't keep that up forever. That's not the point. It's just to really do a self audit is what I call check all the boxes, make sure you're doing your part. Stop focusing on what the scale says and start focusing on what you can control. You Mm -hmm. can't control the scale. You can't control when it spikes, when it dips, but you can control your effort and your honesty Mm -hmm. about your effort. And that's where it's got, you got to be honest about what you're doing. Yes. Love that. Yes. Be honest with yourself because you're the only one you're lying to. Like you tell your coach you were hundred percent compliant, but you weren't you're not helping yourself. Yeah, that's oh exactly my gosh. right. So let's talk about for a sec, like how did you and Jordan get hooked up? Yeah, um, I hired him as my one-on-one coach. It's about It's been six years ago and yeah. he still writes all my programming still. Um, I wanted a power lift back then. And so asked a couple of my colleagues, you know, is he the guy I should ask? 
And um, everyone said, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was already on his email list and I was already part of the inner circle at that point, or I think I joined a little bit after that. Um, so yeah, he was my coach. I didn't go to him for nutrition because I just had the kind of eureka moment with my doctor and I was making little changes. So I thought, oh, okay, I've got this. You know, I've got this. I didn't need him for that. I just want to lift, right? And um, so that's where we started. And he was the one that had to take me back and I tell the, tell the story in the book. It's so funny about from, I was working out six days a week, sometimes seven, and oh. sometimes two a days, right? Uh -huh. Not cardio and strength, but two strength day workouts in a day. Right. And I was getting injured. I was getting hurt, but I kept doing them. And I told everybody, including him that I loved it. That's why I was working out so much. And there was a semblance of truth to that. But the reality was I was scared because yes deep down inside, I knew I wasn't, I was going nowhere. Right. So fear was driving me to have to work out that hard because I was afraid if I didn't, holy crap, I was going to lose progress. I wasn't going to make any, I was going to get fat, all these things. And the irony was I was making no progress yep. at all. So he dialed me back to four days a week. I thought I was going to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. And when I got my first program from him, I looked at it and said, there has to be something missing. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't very many exercises in a workout. I was used to doing a whole lot more than that. And then it's like, okay, what do I do the other three days of the week? And he's like, rest. <laughs> hmm, that's a novel idea. I couldn't do it. So I kept whining and I said, and he goes, okay, okay. You can go hop on a bike, but don't let your heart rate get over some low number. I don't even remember what it was. And I did that one time. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I will never, ever, ever do. I texted him. I said, I will never do this again. I will, um, I will always take a rest day when you tell me to take a rest day. And that's how it changed. It was hard, yeah. but it, so our relationship kind of started with that. I joined the inner circle. Um, we just gelled. We, it's yeah. one of the unique situations where you just find that person. And for whatever reason you connect and we, yeah. we kept connecting and he saw that I was really active in the inner circle. And he goes, no, I want you to do that. This needs to be a, we, not yeah. a me. And so, um, yeah, so it's a, we, <laughs> I love that, a we. So much, Susan. Yeah. I have to tell you a funny, similar story. The first trainer I ever worked with, same thing. I got my programming and there were, there were two days off. I was just like you every day working out two days, you know, I, I was more of that cardio person, but, um, I saw her program and I was like, Whoa, scary bears. But after I started training that way, I looked better than I had. I felt mm -hmm. better than I had. Mm -hmm. I was eating more than I had mm -hmm. and it was working. Uh, so just if those of you that struggle with rest days, I get it. We get it. I, 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 I post about rest days all the time and how people aren't taking enough of them, mm -hmm. especially as you get older, it does. It's going to take us longer to recover than someone 20 years younger, 30 years younger than us. It just is. Mm -hmm. And we have to respect that. And yep. that's why three, four days a week is plenty. You go hard on those days. You push yourself out of your comfort zone and then let your body recover. Because yep. when you allow your body to recover, your next workout is more effective yep. um, as opposed to going day after day after day. And mm -hmm. recover can mean going for a walk. It doesn't mean sitting on your ass all day. Yep. I mean, it could, yeah. but movement is obviously really beneficial. But I mean, hear this, a hit class is not, a rest day. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a rest day. A rest day could be going for a walk, 
Maybe if a light run, not a long training run, maybe a light jog, maybe some yoga, something like that. That's an active rest, not doing a quick metabolic circuit or a hit class or something. Yeah, you guys, no. that's not a rest day. <laughs> does not count. No, you know, get a little like woo woo for a hot sec. Anytime you're doing something out of fear, you're not coming from that place of love. You're not going to get the result you want. If you're doing it out of fear, come from a place of love with this stuff. You're working hard on your body because you love your body. That shift in perspective will like serve you in the long run. Oh, that is, that's a great point. And, and I think once you, you can come to that place. You know, when, when I started putting these rest days in, like I was, I chomp at the bit to go back to my next workout. Like I am so excited to go. Yes. And that, that excitement wasn't there as much as I was bullshitting people that it was right. It, yeah. it really wasn't like it is now. My yeah. body feels good. It's rested. I am ready. Like I'm going to work out after we're done here. I can't wait. Because I, it's been two days. I put a rest day in between each one and my body's ready like to go lift some upper body that I can't wait. And I think that excitement and as you said, the love of it and the love of what you're going to be able to do, mm. that changes everything. But it yeah. goes back to being honest with yourself, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> we can circle back to honesty big time. And, it, and when I say that, I don't mean people are being purposefully deceitful. That's not what I'm talking about. And I know, you know, that too. It's, we believe crap that we're telling ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's the kind of honesty. Like I was believing that I was doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And I believed it. I think I knew deep down, I wasn't doing everything right. I was making no progress. Right. Yeah. Um, I couldn't sustain anything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that kind of honesty that we have to break through that crap, stop listening to it because that crap that we tell ourselves, it's a safety net, right? It's, it's where we go to feel safe that mm -hmm. we don't have to stick our neck out and maybe not succeed the first time out and feel like a failure and all that. So we just stay back in this, you know, this doesn't work for me yeah. or this is what I always do. Mm -hmm. you know? I just posted a video about those kind of excuses and how they become justifications for not even trying very hard anymore. Yep. You know? It's the crap that we believe. So it's not about being deceitful in that way. It's about not owning up to what we're not doing. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I just actually watched that this morning. That's a really good one. You guys, I'll put links to all of Susan's stuff um, in the show notes because you're definitely a resource for all of us. Thank you. Well, one of the last things I want to ask you about is, uh, like, do we need to change the way that we train as we get older? Like now that... Just because I turned 55, let's say, should I not be squatting? Should I be doing something different? Like, what's your take on that? You know, it's so interesting you say that because I, I made a post a while ago. It said people seem to be fascinated <laughs> that there's no special exercises for us old folk. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're literally completely surprised. I get DMs every day. And they said, so I don't know about training, like what kind of exercises I'm 55. And I'm like, I don't care how old you are. That, that's irrelevant to me from the perspective of what you should be doing, how much weight you should carry. I mean, that's a different conversation, right? right? But the movements are the same for all of us. What's interesting is though, that there will be variations of movements that might be better for one person than the other based mm -hmm. on injury history, whatever, mechanics, all of that. 
but yeah, we all should squat because we all sit in a chair, right? right? And if we're going to sit in a chair, we better learn how to squat and strengthen our legs. Now, how you squat, that's a different conversation. If you want to have a bar in your back, cool. If you want to hold the bar in front, cool. If you want to hold just a dumbbell, cool. You don't have to hold anything. I don't care, but you need to learn how to squat well, right? And load that somehow to get your legs and glutes and all that stronger. And you know, same thing, I, I'll even go as far as saying, single leg stuff. Cause you know, lunges are like the poor, the stepchild, right? They, they get blamed for everything. Yes. Bad knees. Uh, I don't advocate doing anything that, that um, brings on sharp pain, but if you do a stationary lunge and you stabilize yourself by literally putting two fingers on something. So you don't have to worry about balance and just practice going down and up in, in a great form, like heel front heels planted you're leaning slightly forward you're feeling it in your quad and your glute and just go up and down there's there's not gonna be anything better for your knees than yep. to do that right that doesn't mean because you have a bad knee that you go and start trying to do forward walking lunges which is probably the most athletic version of a lunge that people automatically go to right. it is the most advanced one and the one that you should probably never try if you have a bad knee, mm -hmm. just because you have to decelerate, you have to keep your heel down. There's a lot of moving parts to that. Whereas if you do a stationary one or even a reverse one, you know, move up to that where you're stepping back and that front foot's already planted, mm -hmm. there are ways to access everything. So I'm a big proponent of all the movements, the basics are for everybody. It's finding variations, right? That we may have to pick and choose depending on the person. Mm -hmm. um, but we all do the same thing. I do the exact same lifts as any 20 year old in the gym right now. Yep. You know, do I lift 300 pounds off the floor? No, I yeah. kind of, at, at one point I wanted to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I care that much about that anymore. I, right. I, I care about wanting to get stronger. Yes. So maybe, I don't know one day, but I care about being able to do this for the rest of my life more than I care about lifting 300 pounds off the ground. Right. And again, that's exactly what it's about. This longevity, yeah. feeling the best that we can, not all, not necessarily looking a certain way, although that's a side effect. Yeah. Of moving no, well and come. Move. Yeah. That will come. And I, I, you know, I want to, I want to maintain a physique. I mean, yeah. I do. And, and I think a lot of people get bashed for wanting to have some kind of, um, physique goal. Uh -huh. There's nothing wrong with having a physique goal. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but I think functionality to me is as important, right? It, just being able to do whatever it is I'm doing right now. I want to be doing 20 some 30 years from now. I want to keep doing this. Um, and so I'm being smart about it. And literally in the last three years, goals have kind of shifted, you know, a 300 pound deadlift is not as appealing to me as a 45 pound weighted chin up. That's the one I wanted to do. And so I did that. So now I'm trying to get stronger at that and yeah. then maybe do reps with that. Yeah. Um, and I don't do that a lot. I don't practice weighted chin ups like every day because I know my elbows aren't going to be able to take it, you know? Right. Um, it's going to be too much. So I've learned, okay, not every day, maybe every couple of days, I'm going to go grease the groove every couple of days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you learn as you go on, mm -hmm. on keeping doing, you know, keeping yourself able to do the things that you want to do. Absolutely. And you guys, let's not forget, she just started doing this six years ago, really. I mean, she strength trained for a while before, but six years ago is when you really got serious. Serious. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had background, so I knew how to do stuff. 
but I didn't have the proper programming or the proper guidance within that programming at all. So yeah, it's really only been about six years that I've been really focused at it. It's fantastic. You're just a, just a young training age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I am a young trainer. I'm not a young, you know, it's so funny because I'll, I'll feel things every now and again. I was telling my husband, you know, everyone on the planet's younger than us. I'm convinced. I I rarely find anybody that's older than we are at this point. That's a little disconcerting. Um, My brother's older than me. So there you go. He'll always be older than me. Um, But it's, um, there are days I feel it, you know, I mean, that's just part of getting older. There are days where my brain is fogged. That's part of getting older, you know, and part of menopause is part of postmenopause. The brain fog thing is a real deal. And to be honest, that part is, is the most stressful for me. Like I don't want to forget something and look like an idiot. Um, and I just throw it out there. You guys brain fog, um, this happens all the time, you know, um, technology is intimidating as hell to me. And even a Zoom call, like me organizing a Zoom call is like outrageously stressful. I, I get it, girl. Hopping on to Zoom, I think I've gotten better with that now. I have everything set, I think. So I'm not, I'm not always muted or the video, you know, it was usually a disaster getting Susan up on Zoom. Um, <laughs> it's better. But publishing this book and knowing how the Amazon publisher website works, oh, crap. Um, th- things like that make me um, crazy. Yep. <laughs> But I will say, you guys, let's go back also earlier on. She was talking about the confidence that she gained. You get confidence from this physical stuff to figure this stuff out. It's amazing what strength training affords you. It is this feeling. And I hope you all get to experience it, this capable feeling. It feels good to feel capable. Oh, so it so does. And I know neither one of us will be able to adequately express in words what this Mm -hmm. feels like. You'll mm-hmm. know it when you feel it. I can tell you that. And you, I know you know that too, right? Um, I don't have the words that will probably light that fire, resonate. Oh, that's the feel. I, I can't tell you anything other than it will change your life. I guarantee you that. And by that, it will give you confidence either to go into the gym, to be more consistent, to do things, to have a more functional life. It will give you confidence maybe to do other things in your life that you never would have done. Like me starting a business after I retired, for God's sakes, you know, I thought I was going to ride off into the sunset and drink coffee and watch the Today Show. And that was my life. Right. And it was anything but that. But I would never have done that ever if I hadn't the, built the confidence, you know, to um, from, from being in the gym and learning from Jordan and being part of all of that, I think that has helped tremendously in every aspect of my life. And to be honest, the confidence in not, and to not take things that I don't have to take anymore, you know, like, you know, the internet's a beautiful place and it's, it's wonderful, but every now and again, there are people out there that are, you know, just ridiculous or whatever. I did a thing on my stories about, uh, you know, all the trolls and idiots that seem to appear on my lives now. And it's like, you know, I'm Ugh. just going to announce when I'm going on live and invite all you trolls and idiots to join me. And, and, you know, we'll all slam you together. I don't even care anymore. Stuff like that. That would have eaten me up. Like yes. I, that would, I would have gone into a shell before. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I don't give a crap, you know, come on, come trolls, come idiots. <laughs> You're all welcome. Right. <laughs> well, the, the, the real last thing I want to talk about just briefly is how you've gone through menopause and yeah. we, I haven't been through it yet, so I can't speak to it. So I'm looking up towards, you know, my mentors like you, it doesn't have to be a reason 
that you can't feel, look, whatever your best. Can you just talk about your journey through menopause with strength training? Yeah, I think strength training was the thing that made it all doable to me. Okay. Um, Symptom-wise, I had the classic night sweats. That was my biggest um, symptom. And, and basically being awakened several times during the night, completely drenched. Um, and having to get up and change. And so your sleep patterns completely disrupted. I was working at the school and I had to get up and go to school every day, you know, Um, with virtually hardly any sleep. And when we don't get great sleep, other things happen, right? You know, you can say cortisol, whatever, all that stuff's on high alert and our behaviors change as a result. It's not the cortisol itself, but behaviors start to change, meaning you might not be making the best food choices. I mean, for some people, whatever, things can get out of control that way. Um, But again, you're still in control of decisions that you make, Mm -hmm. but being aware of what's happening, I think is really important and understanding how to, to try things that, to see if that will alleviate symptoms for you, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a big person to talk about to talk to about uh, replacement therapy because I didn't go through it. So I can't speak from experience. I know Kim has, mm-hmm. um, and she's really knowledgeable on that. Um, so I didn't, I was given the option. I opted not to for no reason other than I didn't really even know what it was. And nah, I, I don't, I don't feel like having to remember to take a pill or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I just blew it off because yeah. I just didn't know. <laughs> um, could it have helped me? I don't know. Um, but what I did find is that training in the gym regularly was what made me feel better. And that there is research behind that. For me, it's anecdotal, you know, um, completely. And I've heard from others the same, they've had the same. So I, I think there's absolutely nothing to lose. (laughs) You know, you have nothing to lose from at least trying it and seeing if that helps your situation. You know, menopause is so individual, right? Everyone experiences it differently. Some people sail through and there's not a whole lot happening. Some people are just decimated by what's happening. Um, And I was probably in the middle Mm -hmm. of all of that, that, that continuum, Um, pretty typical symptoms. And I also had some interesting things when I was in my forties, Things that um, I look back now on and think, ah, oh, that was probably perimenopause or menopause kicking in. Mm-hmm. I had um, kind of vertigo feelings. I had some tingling in one of my arms, actually my left arm, and that's always a heart thing. So mm-hmm. I had my heart checked and rechecked a gazillion times, and it was never my heart. Um, I and that those symptoms got so bad, I couldn't work a full day at school. I would get overwhelming fatigue. Um, I would have to go home. Um, and literally rest. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is tingling. I'm having a hard time. Like things are kind of going like this, you know, a little loopy. What's going on? I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, checked for MS, checked for neurological stuff, all this stuff. I'm freaking out thinking I'm dying, right? Because I went to WebMD. That's never a good idea. Right? <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever. And I keep hopping to one, all these doctors. I went to my ENT. He did find a little inner ear or something when they, you know, kind of hang you upside down and they make you track stuff and all that weird stuff. But I never got the feeling that he was convinced that was like the real thing, mm-hmm. but not one doctor ever mentioned, you know, these are all men- could be menopausal related, not one doctor. And now after I'm through that and it, it, it all eventually worked itself out. Right. right. And I, after I went through that and I now have learned more about menopause and symptoms, all of those things could have been 
menopausal related, every single one of them. I'll never know, right? Yeah. It could have been the vi- my, my doc swore he thought it was a virus that I had in my inner ear. We had, and because there was a little bit of damage in there. And that makes sense a little bit because to this day, when I'm sitting on a traffic light and cars track one certain way, it's like, whoa, I can't look at that. Wow. So I think there is a little bit there, but I'm not buying it that that was, that was making it that severe for me. I don't know. I, I feel like that could have been symptoms, but those are symptoms that people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. right? Those aren't the classic ones that we always hear about, Mm -hmm. you know, brain fog. I probably had, I never even thought about that back then, but that was a real issue too, you know, and it still is. And that's something that you'll find after menopause that that can still be an issue where your brain's just like, it gets stuck. You can't pull up a word, you know, and in the mid sentence, it's really, it's frustrating. Not to mention, why did I walk into this room? That happened. (laughs) (laughs) But here you are on the other side of it, thriving. Yeah. And that's what we have to look for. We have to look for these people who have, like, you are such a role model. I'm so grateful that you are out there. Um, So we have someone to look up to. It's just, I'm I'm so glad you're out there living your passion because we need you. Well, thank you so much. And that's exactly what I want to do is kind of lead the way, Mm -hmm. you know, and get everybody. Let's fall in line. Let's do it. You know, we all can do this. Yes, I'm line leader. Well, you're you're the leader leader. I'm the I'll be the line leader. <laughs> you're line leader. <laughs> <laughs> From school. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, Susan, everyone. So her book, Fit at Any Age, it's never too late. It's available on Amazon right now, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. Yeah, it it's is. Crazy. She wrote a book, you guys. Oh, no. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote a book. Probably just your first book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. I have another one in in my head. That's going to come and hopefully not, it won't take me that long to do, but a a more practical, like I hate, I hate the word tips, but for the lack of brain fog adjectives here, um, (laughs) I I can't pull another one up. So I'm going to use that. I'm kind of a book, like a tip a day kind of format. So again, easy to read Mm -hmm. um, something every day, just to remind you about either building muscle, something about losing fat, something about aging, something about mindset, you know, kind of read one thing a day. It's going to be that kind of format. I love it. Because again, you guys, the basics work. Yeah, the it's all, yeah, it is. We don't have to reinvent a wheel. No, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. It has truly been a pleasure, Susan. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me, Kylie. So, so, so appreciate it. Anytime. Well, I can't wait to get your book and tell everyone to buy it as well. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Have a great day, Susan. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.